were there for about a year um, before the um, social services system told my mother that she could get rid of the men in her life or she could give us up. And so she came to um, say goodbye one day and my brother and I didn't really know what was happening. And she said goodbye and, um, and she left. Um, and my foster mother um, explained that she had put us up for adoption and um, that we wouldn't see her again. And she said very matter of factly, this is something you could cry about or you can just get on with it, accept it and get on with it. And uh, so we accepted it. And um, then a couple months later, <clears throat> uh, I was going on this weekend um, to Sacramento and my brother's bags were packed to spend the night at his best friend's house. And my sister, um, the foster parents were adopting her. So um, I was actually headed to a group home where I was placed for a year and a half and my brother got adopted by his um, best friend's parents. And I remember thinking on that car ride with my social worker to Sacramento that um, there can be no God in heaven or uh, in he, he must hate me, you know, um, because no, no God would ever take my brother from me. Like he was my everything and I was all alone in the world now. And uh, I went to a group home and I was, fortunately, I was smart enough that I got to go into um, public school and I uh, was put up for adoption right away. And I met a wonderful woman and uh, I didn't want a father. And she was a single mom looking to adopt, which back in the day was unusual. And uh, she adopted me. And, um, and so I had gone from poor, poor, welfare poor um, to this uh, upper, up, she, she was very wealthy. Um, <laughs> and um, like we had steak for dinner wealthy, like that was crazy to me. But, and I went to a private school, so I didn't fit in. I spent like a lot of my life not fitting in anywhere. Um, but fortunately the people, um, the adults in my life um, took care of me and, and they um, made sure that I got a good education. And when I got it, I got into college, which was crazy. When I got into college, I figured out that I could, I could drink. Like that was my thing. Like I could drink really well, and so I started drinking. And I, um, I learned that I could drink all the shame that I ever felt. I could drink it away. Like I became a different person. I didn't have a past. I, um, I could pretend that Cynthia, my mom, had been my mom forever, and I was normal like everybody else. Um, I went to college in my sophomore year, I got pregnant with my son, um, who is a beautiful human being, and, uh, and I finished college in four years. Um, and then uh, we moved to California when he was six, and I, um, I got introduced to meth. And that was when um, everything kind of fell apart in my life. Um, it gave me 27 hours in a 24 hour day and I was a single mom and I loved it. I freaking loved it. And uh, I immediately knew that I had a problem. I got a felony and I went to rehab and I never did meth again. But in rehab, they said I had to quit everything. And I was like, no, it's okay. I can still drink. I just will never do meth again. And my drinking just got out. Of, my drinking took off. It got out of hand. It went from drinking on Fridays and Saturdays, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sometimes Monday, sometimes Wednesday during football season. It just became my everything. At lunchtime, um, I lost my job as an operations manager at a legal services company. 
Um, and I went, I went back to rehab and I lost a marriage too. Um, and I went back to rehab, um, hoping to save that marriage, which was not savable. Um, but, um, I had 103 days of sobriety and then I got served with divorce papers and I did what I knew how to do to ease that pain. I drank and I went right back to the same rehab and, uh, <clears throat> the counselor said, what is it that you want out of recovery? I mean, what can I help you with? And I said, I need to learn how to feel. And she said, feel what? And I said, I don't know how to feel anything. I don't know how to be happy without drinking. I don't know how to be sad without drinking. I don't know how to do anything without drinking. And so um, they allowed me uh, to stay there for six months. Um, I got to um, go to 90 day program. Then I got a job and I got to go back to the same house with all the girls. And I did that for six months. And in that time period, I learned that I needed a fellowship and I needed a sponsor willing to walk me to the, through the steps. And, um, and that's what I got. I got, I, I came all the way in. I sat all the way down. I started going to a meeting, two meetings a day. Um, my home group is also a 7 a.m. meeting at the Canyon Club uh, that I don't miss ever. And, um, and uh, I just built a fellowship around me. Um, I built a strong fellowship. Uh, this past year, as I was approaching my third birthday, um, I found out that my brother died of his alcoholism, and uh, and he had never he had never dealt with our childhood. He had never had drug counselors or or tools to um, to deal with any of it. A four step. He never he never processed that, and it ended up. Um, it killed him. And that's actually the first time I've ever said that my brother died of alcoholism, but um, that is what he died of. And, uh, and I thought for sure I was going to drink. I mean, I thought if anything ever happened to my son or my brother, I would drink. And what ended up happening is I shared at a meeting and uh, the fellowship that I had built just encompassed me and embraced me and came over to my house with gigantic freaking cookies that I don't even know I ate them I mean they were huge but um I didn't I didn't drink and not only that but a couple of days before my uh, third birthday I went up to Shasta and I um I let my brother's ashes go in Shasta mountain that was his mountain uh he claimed it when I was like six and uh and uh, and I didn't drink and um, I came home and I shared about it. And I had this, my first real spiritual experience where there's a picture of me throwing his ashes out. And there's a picture of him, the ashes just all around me. It was like the wind was blowing and it's just, it's an incredible picture. And I consider that my, my first spiritual experience and my experience of him saying, um, that he loved me and it was his last hug and his last goodbye. And, um, and I came back to the rooms and I shared that experience with my fellows. And I, um, I picked up, uh, I'm working with uh, two girls, walking them through the steps. I've shared that experience with them. Um, and um, this program is amazing. This program, not, it, it didn't just save my life, it gave me a life. Like I have a life now. I'm going back to school to get a master's degree. I'm planning a trip to freaking Bora Bora. Um, I, um, I owe everything to the fellowship of AA. And, 
and I love the big book. Um, and if you ever need, um, you know, if you ever need anything, um, there's always going to be somebody here. I'll put my name in the chat. I really appreciate you all being um, part of my recovery tonight and allowing me to be part of your recovery this evening. Thank you very much.